0: Are you blessed to be here tonight amen. amen amen you ready to get into the word on tonight saints i'm gonna get right to it because you know once again you took up half my preaching time with your worship amen which is all right hallelujah i always blame you but i know it's partly my fault too i'm a worshiper i love to worship amen i, I can't preach until i worship amen when the atmosphere is set it makes preaching easy amen And when that atmosphere is not set, you you almost feel like you gotta work hard up here. Amen, and I just love it when the atmosphere is prepared. Amen, and I feel like we've done that in this place today. Amen. So without further ado, I'm just gonna get right to it. I'm gonna ask you to open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew and chapter number six. Matthew and chapter number six. We're gonna continue a, a series that we began last Wednesday when we began to talk about being rooted in prayer. Uh, our Our whole series has been called Roots, and we've been talking about being rooted in a lot of things. Amen? We talked about being rooted in God. We talked about being rooted in faith. We talked about being rooted in love, being rooted in family, being rooted in finances. Amen? And now we're talking about being rooted in prayer. And I don't think we could close Uh, this series without talking about being rooted in prayer. And I hope you're ready for me today, amen? Hallelujah. We started last week, but we only got so far. Amen? And uh, some of you were looking at me last week like a deer in headlines. Amen? And so I pray that your spirit is alive tonight. Amen? Because sometimes there's things that God wants to drop directly into your spirit where he'll bypass even your mind, knowing that sometimes your mind can get in the way. Amen? Glory to God. Matthew, chapter number 6, beginning at verse number 5. I'm sorry, in the back, hallelujah, I always do this to them. They're looking at me, waiting for the text. Hallelujah. And I tell them the chapter, but I don't give them the verse. Beginning at verse number 5, Matthew 6 and verse number 5. We read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord Lord says it so. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet... And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. God have mercy. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Next verse. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. Isn't that powerful? Before you even ask, he already knows. Hallelujah. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our father. And you know what? I'm going to stop right there because I don't think we're going to get past that tonight. So I'm going to stop right there. Hallelujah. Our Father. Amen. And I, I, usually I'll go ahead and read more and never get to it. I'm not going to do that today. I have a funny feeling that we're not going to get past the first two words of this prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. But I do guarantee you that it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you under the subject being rooted in prayer part two. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in Jesus name. I give you praise, honor, and glory. And I thank you in advance right now. For what you're about to do in this place, glorify yourself. Minister to your people concerning the importance of prayer. Give us a spirit of prayer. Set us on fire to pray, O God. And Father God, I thank you for it right now. And give you the praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. amen and amen. I can't do a lot of recap, saints. We really got into it. Uh, last week, there were two Greek words that I gave you. I got a little greeky on you last week, and I gave you two Greek words, amen, and they came from a scripture that is well-known, where Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, and it's the same word will, but it has two different meanings, and one of them was bulema, remember that, and the other one was thelema, and just to refresh your mind, bulema means the predetermined will of God, predetermined which basically means that there are some things that God has predetermined from the beginning in his word that are going to happen and are going to come to pass, and there isn't anything anybody or anything can do to stop it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It has been predetermined. It's going to happen because he said it's going to happen. Amen, somebody. Let me give you a quick example. I gave it to you last week. Jesus is coming back. I said, Jesus is coming back. And I don't care if you're a heathen. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're from the satanic occult and you're praying against it. He's still coming. And when he comes, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess, hallelujah, that it has been predetermined. That is going to happen no matter what. That is bulema. That is the predetermined will of God. And then you have thelema. Thelema is God's desirable will. Let me give you an example of that. I will that none perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But thelema means, watch this, that that would take place dependent upon the choices of men. And so while God wills that all men come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, all men will not, because he gave all men a free will and the power to choose. So God understands that while I will that all of them come, some of them will choose to come, and some of them will choose not to come. That is Thelema. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we learn through Thelema that there are some things that God will not do on the earth without man's cooperation. That there are some things that God wants to do on the earth, but will not do them until man uses their authority. We learned last week that God will never violate that which he has already established. And God established from the beginning in Genesis that when it came to the earth realm, that man had dominion. That man had dominion. That man had rule over the earth. The highest heavens belong to God. And the earth he gave to man, not to own, but to steward over. God is the landlord. We are the tenants. But we are being held responsible for what happens here on the earth. So watch this. While God is ultimately responsible, he cannot be blamed for all the things that are happening in the world. I know we like to say it all the time. God's in control. God's in control. And then we say it and then we tend to lean back like... You know, he got it. But can I help you in here? He is definitely in control in heaven. And that's why heaven is running like clockwork. But he gave you control. He gave you dominion on the earth. And if you look at what's happening on the earth, you will see the sum total of the decisions men have made. This is why he said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, I'll come, but you got to invite me. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. And I, I can't keep talking about last week. Amen. Hallelujah. But we finished last week by determining, hallelujah, that after Jesus rose from the dead, before he called the cloud down from heaven and began to ascend, he blew on the disciples the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then Jesus, you had to be here last week. If not, just get the CD. And Jesus, the body, began to ascend. But Christ, the anointing, stood. You remember that? God have mercy in here. This is why we are called the body of Christ. Not the body of Jesus, but the body of Christ. Are you blessed in here? Your body is the legal vessel that keeps him on the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God have mercy in this place your body you know this is the temple of the Holy Ghost we determined last week hallelujah that spirits without a body had no authority spirits without a body have no authority I gave you examples of that last week when I talked to you about how Jesus cast out 2,000 demons out of one man and the demons begged him to let to let them go into the swine because they didn't want to be bodiless are you understanding what I'm saying Are you blessed in here? There's a reason the Bible tells you do not give place to the devil. The Bible is saying do not give him any room. The enemy loves to hang out in what you don't know about God. I said the enemy loves to hang out in what you don't know about God. And the enemy, watch this, first thing I want to tell you today, and you can put it up on the screen, watch this, is that Satan tempts you With the purpose, watch this, of making you lose control. Satan tempts an individual with the purpose of making that person lose control. Because the more control you lose, the more control they gain. gain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you give place to the enemy, he'll begin to infiltrate. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And there are many ways that the enemy does that. And he will send, watch this, he will send spirits. He will send spirits of alcohol. Can I preach like I feel it? He will send spirits of drug paraphernalia. Are you hearing what I'm saying? With the sole purpose to get you to lose control of your faculties. Because the battle is right here. And if he can get you to lose control of your faculties, he can gain entrance or gain ground to influence you. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? God have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. So watch this. I'm not going to get into it for the sake of time, but when you get a chance, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 talks to you about why your body was made. And and, and Jesus gets into a a, a conversation. I mean, the apostle Paul gets into a conversation, and he starts talking about the body. And he begins talking about food. And he starts talking about how food was made for the stomach. Amen. And then he gets past that because he starts talking about watch this there are some things that are permissible but not beneficial. And so how many of you know you can eat whatever you want but it's not beneficial to eat whatever you want. Amen. So then he takes it he takes it a step further and he starts to say do not render your members to ungodliness. And he says watch this do not render your members to sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, he said, because that sin is different than the other sins. Because sexual immorality is a sin against the body. And and, and then Paul goes on to say, watch this, and your body was made for God. And God for the body. So listen to what he's saying. Your body, the end all, was created to house the presence of God. And then he goes on, he gets specific, and he says, so don't go into uh, a prostitute. That's the illustration that he uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Because when you lay with someone that you are not married to, God help me in here today. You become one with that individual. And every individual after that, you become one with. And you don't even know it, you could be walking with many individuals. Some refer to it as soul ties. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. God don't want to live in that. God have mercy in this place. The reason God redeemed you, the reason he cleaned the house is so that he can enter. Watch this. So that when he enters your house, then in turn, he can enter your community. And start healing the land. Oh God, are you following me in here, church? So he says, Listen, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I cleaned it so that I can enter. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put my second point up there, real quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer is access for interference. Prayer is access for interference. Hallelujah. When you pray hallelujah and you ask God to step in, he'll step in. But if you don't invite him, he ain't coming. That's why he said, if my people humble themselves and pray then I will hear. Then I will hear from heaven. Amen? So watch this. Let me help you. I want to talk to you a little bit about your approach to God in prayer. How you should approach him. Amen? You guys doing all right? And I'm going to give you this real quick. I don't got slides for these, so I hope you got a pen. Or I hope you're ready to get the CD. Because I got to get through this quick. Because if I don't, I won't get to where I really want to go. Which seems to be what happens to me every week. Amen? So I'm going to go very quickly here. Hallelujah. I'm to stick to my notes. Watch this. Number one, appropriate God's grace. Appropriate God's grace correctly. Understand that when Jesus died on the cross for you, he gave you access. Understand that when he shed his blood and he said, it is finished. The Bible says that the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, which meant that now you can go in. Now you have access To come before the throne of grace in your time of need. You don't need uh, a priest to mediate for you. You have direct access. Somebody ought to bless him. You have an audience with God when you call on him. Amen. The next thing I want to say very quickly is put on righteousness. When you come to God in prayer, put on righteousness. Now when the Bible talks about the armor of God, notice this. Whose armor does it say it is? It is the armor of God. So when I say put on righteousness or the breastplate of righteousness, understand that that is not your righteousness. I said that is not your righteousness. Because the Bible says there's none that's good. No, not one. You put on his righteousness. It's his righteousness imputed unto you. You read Romans and the Bible says that his righteousness is a gift. You don't work for it. You received it by faith as a gift. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But at the same time, if he puts it on you, you should walk accordingly. In other words, my life should not contradict what he put on me. God, if I'm putting on Christ, amen, watch this, then I'm not just praying with his name. I'm praying in his name. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in thereof, and they are safe. I Put on Christ. And only when I put on Christ can I pray in his name. If you don't put him on, you pray with his name. But there is a difference. God, help me in here. That's why when Jacob wanted his brother's blessing, who was Esau, who was the firstborn and was deserving of the blessing, being the firstborn, who would receive a double portion, amen, he goes in there and the Bible says... He put hair on his arms because his brother was hairy. He put his brother's clothes on. He smelled like his brother. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then he comes to his father, whose eyes were dim because he was getting old, and said, I come to get my blessing. And so he comes to the father and says, I want my blessing. And his father said, come here so I could touch you. And his father said, feels like Esau. Sounds like Jacob. But because he put on his big brother. God, help me in here. Because he put on his big brother, he asked his father for the blessing. And he got it because he prayed in his big brother's name. The Bible says that Jesus is not ashamed to call you brethren. And so watch this. When you come to the Lord, you don't come in your name. You come in his name. And then you ask the Father, and the Father will give you what you ask in his name. But you got to put him on. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. If I am an ambassador for Christ, I represent the home country, which is heaven. If I live any old kind of way, I will not be a good representative. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if he calls me righteous and then empowers me with his Holy Spirit, And with his grace so that I can say no to ungodliness, then I should walk according to what he calls me. I don't want my life to contradict what he put on me. He put righteousness on me. And so when people look at me, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see him because I got him on. Oh, I I wasn't supposed to spend that much time on that. Watch this. The next thing was put on truth and honesty oh boy put on truth and honesty the bible says watch this guard your loins with truth your loins are the part of you watch this that are private when you come to god you have to come to god with a private honesty not just a public honesty Because you can fool us with a public honesty. But when you come to God, you got to come to him with a private honesty. Oh, God. Because you can't come to a holy God with a bunch of unholy secrets and expect him to not notice. You have to have a private honesty. When you come to God. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. When you come to God, you should have been washed by the word. I said you should have been washed by the word. Amen? Mm. You'll never go wrong if you pray God's word. Because in God's word is God's will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oftentimes, the Bible says, watch this in Romans 8 and I believe verse 28, that we know not what to pray for as we ought. And the reason we know not what to pray for as we are is we we let our emotions get in the way. We let our mind get in the way. We let our own will get in the way. And if you're not careful, your mind, your emotions will get in the way and you will pray wrong. This is part of the reason he gave you a prayer language. So you can get your emotions and your mind out of the way. And pray to him, spirit to spirit. Worship him, spirit to spirit. God, help me in this place. Which leads to my next point, which is worship and praise. When you come to God in prayer, it is good to praise before you pray. That's why part of that Lord's Prayer said, hallowed be thy name. That's a praise. Praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You don't come in no other way. This is the difference between someone who gets a lot out of the service and the person who gets nothing out of the service. One entered in, one did not. Because there's a way you enter. Are you blessed in here, church? Hallelujah. The next thing you do in your approach toward God in prayer is separate yourself. This is why the Bible says, enter into your closet. Rid yourself of all distractions. Separate yourself and get alone with me. Amen? The next one I want to give you very quickly is believe. And you look at me and go, oh, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer, Pastor. Believe. But watch this. No, when you really believe, that means that after you have believed, you plan and you start making room for it when you really believe you start planning and making room for it this is why jesus said when you pray believe that you have received ed what you have prayed for and ye shall have it amen glory to god watch this the next one is give god glory when you approach him in prayer Give him glory, ascribe glory to him. Watch this before he does it, not after he does it, before he does it. My God, God, I thank you that my family will never lack for any good thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you that everything we need concerning furthering the purpose of the gospel will have in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that you will continue to make water come out of a rock. I thank you, Lord God, for making resources come out of places that are necessarily they're not supposed to come out of, hallelujah, but because this is your mission, because this is your purpose, you will fund it and you will bring it from wherever it needs to come. If it's God's will, it is God's bill. Amen? Are you blessed in here? The next one I want to give you real quickly is this. Remain in the anointing. Remain in the anointing. I believe it was the psalmist who said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. And so when I speak, I want to speak with the power of God. I I want to speak with a yoke-breaking anointing. But I can't operate with a yoke-breaking anointing if I got yokes. If I was preaching to the young people, that's exactly what I would call it. You got yokes. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's probably, that's probably outdated slang because I'm old school. But back in the days, we used to tell our friends, you got jokes. You remember that? So if I was preaching to the young people, I would probably call it, never mind. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. Amen. There is power in prayer. I said there's power in prayer. Listen, so powerful that I'm reminded of a story in the Bible in Genesis, the 18th chapter. I believe it's somewhere around verse 17. Somewhere around verse, put that on the screen if you can. Genesis 18 and 17. Time is not on my side already. Hallelujah. I want to show you Holy Scriptures, but if I do, We're not going to get past this right here. Genesis 18 and verse number 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Look at God. Remember, I told you that God is not going to do anything on the earth without, watch this, man's cooperation. We read last week a verse in Amos 3 and 7 that said God doesn't do anything on the earth without revealing it to his prophets first. You remember that? So listen to what he says in this verse. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? But God knows, hallelujah, what he said in Amos. So remember we said that he honors his word even above his name? And so watch this. Even when God establishes something, it becomes a law unto himself. Why? Because he honors his word even above his name. So he says, I can't do it without letting him know. So I'm going to let him know. And, and to make a long story short, because I can't show you all the verses, watch this. He, he lets Abraham know that Sodom is on his hit list. And he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the riotous living that's going on in that place. Amen? But, watch this, God also knows that Lot, Abraham's nephew, is in that city. And Abraham knows That Lot, his nephew, is in that city. And so Abraham says this to God, and I'm just fast-forwarding a little bit. He says this to God. He says, will you kill the righteous along with the wicked? And he's letting God know that wouldn't be a good thing. And so God, and then he gets brave in his prayer, and he says, God, have you found 50 righteous in Sodom? Will you destroy her? And God said, if there were 50 righteous in Sodom, I would not destroy it. Then Abraham says, allow me to be bold with my prayer unto you. And he says, what if there was 45? He said, if there were 45, I would not destroy it. And Abraham said, let me continue then. What if there was 40? He said, if there was 40, I would not destroy it. What about 30? If there were 30, I would not destroy it. What about 20? If there were 20, I would not destroy it. What about 10? If there were 10, I would not destroy the city. And then the Bible says, God walked away. You got to check it. God walked away from Abraham because even God knew that there weren't even 10 righteous in Sodom. But then the Bible says that it came time to deal with Sodom. But when it came time to deal with Sodom, even though there were not 10, the Bible says God remembered Abraham. Oh, God. I said there's power in prayer. God remembered Abraham, and this is what he did. He sent two angels in the form of men. And if you were here last week, you would know why men. I can't get into that. So watch this. And they're getting ready to destroy the whole city of Sodom. And the men, or the angels, said, Lot, take your wife and your two daughters and their husbands. Six people and get out. This is what happened. The two husbands received it as mockery and decided we ain't going. So the angel said, Lot, take your wife and your two daughters. (laughs) They want to stay? Let them stay. Watch this. But this this is the thing I thought was interesting. The Bible says that Lot delayed Oh, God, have mercy. Let me tell you something. If an angel from the Lord comes to visit me and tells me I'm about to destroy this place, take your family, and I'd already been out the door. He didn't even finish what he was saying. I'd have been gone. I said, "We forget about the stuff. We could get more stuff. Let's go now. <laughs> when God says go, you go. Amen. So watch this. The Bible says, God, de- that Lot delayed. And you were to think I was a little nervous for him. I got to be honest. I'm reading. I know the story, but I'm reading. And I'm like, ooh. You know, the other brothers said they stayed. And God said, okay, just take the daughters then. Now, Lot decides to delay. You think God might say, oh, y'all stay then. It's not what he did, though. God sent the angels, watch this, to go in and grab Lot by the hand and his wife and the two daughters and pull them out. Oh, God, help me in here. And you I don't know about you, but that blesses my soul because it says something about the righteous. It says something about what's going to happen before destruction comes. That before God allows destruction, hallelujah, to come upon this earth or this nation, he's going to take the righteous. And he's even, oh God, you don't hear what I'm saying. He's going to pull them out to a place of safety and then destruction. I wish I had somebody in here that could take a moment and testify, hallelujah. There have been times, hallelujah, where I know God wanted me to get out of a situation. Or I was in a situation longer than I should have been in that situation, hallelujah. And I was procrastinating while I was in that situation. But God, hallelujah, just didn't leave me there. But he sent somebody to pull me out. And if that's you in this place, you ought to take about 15 seconds and give God a praise. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I had somebody in here that could say thank you God for getting me out of that relationship. Oh God, I didn't know it then, but I know now, hallelujah, that it was your hand that pulled me out and saved me from destruction. Oh God, thank you for pulling me away from drugs. Thank you for pulling Do I got anybody in here who knows what I'm talking about? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Pull them out. Because of a prayer. I said because of a prayer. It was not because Lot was so well behaved. It's because he's connected to Abraham, who is the friend of God. Oh, let me help a mama. Let me help an uncle. If you got a nephew or a child, there's not in the right place right now god's mercy is extended on account of you being his friend you don't hear what i'm saying that should make a mama want to give god a praise hallelujah that should make somebody hallelujah who knows they have children nephews that are wayward and are not serving the lord hallelujah and in the wrong place uh, that god would consider your covenant relationship with him before he makes a move, and your prayer, your prayer, oh God, have mercy, your prayer has the power to cause God to pull them out before destruction comes. Do I got anybody in here that can testify? I'm, in the, I'm the product of somebody's prayers. I wish I had somebody in here who knew what I was talking about. I am the product of somebody's prayers. I I wasn't even looking for him. I wasn't even living for him. I was on my way to hell in a hurry. Hallelujah. And God showed up oh God you don't hear me God showed up hallelujah I can testify in this place he'll show up hallelujah he'll go to the guttermost and save to the uttermost he'll go in the club if he has to you don't hear what I'm saying he'll come right in the club and start talking to you through the speaker in the club and tell you you know you don't belong in here hallelujah Uh, I wish I had somebody in here who knew what I was talking about whoo He'll go right where you are. Oh, God have mercy in here. God calls a man named Moses. Watch it. When you hear Abraham and God talking, it almost sounds like they're negotiating. Can I help you in here? Put my next point in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Point number three, prayer is not begging. I just messed somebody up. I said prayer is not begging. It's a transaction. It's a transaction from an ambassador who gives the government entrance to impact the colony or the earth. That's a little deep for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a transaction. When you hear God and Abraham, they are having a dialogue. God goes to Moses and says, Moses, I need you to go to Egypt. And I need you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh. Moses said, not me. I ain't the one. You got the wrong guy. I am not qualified. But how many of you know God gets glory in using people, hallelujah, that are not necessarily qualified? Because he knows that they're going to give him the glory. And so Moses says, it can't be me because I don't even talk right. I stutter. And he's making excuses with God. But God is saying, it don't matter what you say, you chosen. You didn't choose me, I chose you. Amen? And can I just help you in here, hallelujah? When God confronts you with his purpose for your life, you can use your free will to try to get away but eventually if that is your destiny god's not going to leave you alone Amen. jonah said i ain't going to nineveh i'm going getting in the boat and going in the opposite direction and you were to think that god would go well then go ahead with your bad self i'll just go get somebody else god said no no i chose you and so you know what God did? Since I chose you, I'm going to chase you. And he chased him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Jonah tried to use his free will, but instead he got free willy. Yeah. You know the story. Hallelujah. I got to go. If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. He would have drowned if it was not for that whale. If it were not for that fish. You look at that fish as being something bad it was tight but it was right and he was protected in there ah I gotta go watch this so watch this God made it God made it so human cooperation would be necessary in order for God to act on the earth so watch this if he ain't doing nothing it's because you ain't doing nothing this is why we're supposed to pray every day This is why the Bible says pray without ceasing. This is why the Bible says that men ought to always pray and not stop. Because if we stop praying, God will stop interfering. And we can't just stand by and let things happen because they will. We have to stand in the gap and pray. Pray things done. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. I knew it. I knew it. Watch this. Let me talk about this prayer. I got to skip. I'm going to get into this prayer. Hallelujah. Listen to what the text says. When you pray, pray after this manner. Show me the next point real quick. This is something you probably know. I just want to remind you. Use the Lord's Prayer as a template and model for prayer. The text is not saying pray this prayer. It's saying use this prayer as a template on how you should pray. You know what we do? We pray that prayer. And the very next verse says you ought not to pray with vain repetitions. Don't just say the same thing over and over and over and over again like it's rehearsed. God wants to hear you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, have mercy in here. So watch this. He says... When you pray, enter your closet or your secret place. And the God who hears in secret, ooh, I want to make a quick notation on how good God hears and, God, and how good God sees. Amen. Listen to what he says. He says, get away. Leave all distraction and get in a room and shut the door and pray to me in secret. Because I see in secret. And it's deeper than you think. Because you read it and he think, you think he's just talking about a, a, a literal closet in your house. And while it's good to have a place to go pray with God, it's deeper than that. He's talking about a room in the house. I said he's talking about a room in the house. Preferably right around here somewhere. God have mercy in this place. Go into a seek your one translation says your secret chamber, and the God who let me tell you how good God hears. I'm gonna mess somebody up. I might not even get past this right here, but watch this. On one occasion, he comes to Abraham. We talked about him a moment ago. Abraham is 100 years old, 100, and Sarah, his wife, is 90. And God comes to Abraham, watch this, and he says it so that Sarah can hear it and says, your wife Sarah is going to have a child. And the Bible says, check it out. Matter of fact, it's Genesis 18, the beginning part of Genesis 18. The Bible says, watch this now, that Sarah laughed within herself. You know what that means, right? That means she didn't laugh out loud. She did this. within herself and then the very next words from God to Abraham is why is your wife laughing you don't hear me he said why are you laughing and you know what she she was like she said I didn't laugh and the Bible says she said that because she was scared check it out because she was scared and God said no I heard you But she never spoke. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how good God hears. Oh, you don't don't hear what I'm saying. Hallelujah. He heard her thought. Now, 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 you know, and Jesus would do that often. When Jesus knew what they were thinking, he spoke often in the Bible. And said, why are you thinking this within your hearts? But watch this, as powerful as that is, God can hear your thoughts. That's still not enough to describe how well He hears. Because that would limit God to have to wait for you to compute all your thoughts and put them together. And then when you think it, then He gets it. But the Bible says that He knows your thoughts afar off. A far off. So watch this. Even before you gather them, before you can put them together and compute them in your mind, as they're coming to you, God says, <sharp inhale> Almost scary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how good he hears. I could think a prayer and God could hear me. Are you blessed in here, church? Amen. Let me give you a little bit of this and I'll close. He says, when you pray, pray like this Our Father, our Father. Very quickly, listen to what he's saying. Don't come to me selfish. Bring all of humanity with you. Oh, God, help me in here. He said, Our, our Father. Don't come to me selfish. Bring all of humanity with you. Watch this. You have to include humanity when you pray. I would take it a step further and say, especially the household of faith. When you include me in your prayer, it will be easier for you to access him. When you ignore me or excommunicate your brother or your sister in prayer, it will be more difficult for you to access him. Ooh, God, which leads me to my next point. And I I might as well drop a bomb before we leave. Go ahead. Put it up there. Hallelujah. Watch this, church. God evaluates your treatment of others to determine if and how he responds to you. I said, God evaluates your treatment of others to determine if and how he responds to you. Oh, and I wish I had time, but I'm just going to quote it real quickly. If you go to 1 Peter 3 and 7, the Bible says, watch this, hallelujah. Be careful, watch this, uh, in the treatment of your wife. Yeah, I'm going there. Watch this. Be careful in the treatment of your wife, realizing that she is a co-heir with you watch this and then it says and respect her as being the weaker vessel watch this now so that your prayers are not hindered your treatment of her can hinder your prayers watch this and here's what you got to understand when it says respect her it's not saying can i say it like i feel it it's not saying that god is not hearing you when you're acting like a jerk that's not what he's saying. He'll still hear you, even when you're acting the fool. What he is saying is, watch this. This is how you disrespect her when you don't treat her as equal. When you see yourself as superior and her as inferior, you make a mistake. Watch this. He said, "Remember, you are co-heirs, co-heirs." Watch this. And then when the Bible calls her the weaker vessel, all he's saying is that you are stronger physically. And that she is more fragile. But that don't make you greater. That just means you're responsible for her. Oh, God have mercy in here. You are her covering. Which means that sometimes you have to take the hits for her. Knowing she's fragile. That's how you cover That's how you protect her. But if you want me to close my ear to you, just go ahead and pray like you superior. Watch this. Watch this. Let me move along because you're looking at me funny. Watch this. Let me move along real quick. Watch this. Uh, On another occasion, he said, when you bring your gift to the altar and you are at odds with your brother, leave the gift. You know what he's saying? I ain't receiving it. At least not yet. He didn't say take it back with you. He said leave it right there on the altar. (laughs) I'm just telling you that's what the text said. Leave it on the altar. Go fix whatever it is you got to fix. And then come back and I'll receive it. I'm looking at your treatment to others before I determine if and how I'm going to respond to you. Can I give you another one? Watch this. 1 Corinthians 13 says, 1 Corinthians 11 says, watch this. For this cause, many among you are weak, sick, and asleep, not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. And this is the, the, the famous communion scripture. It's talking about communion with God. But understand that Jesus is letting us know concerning communion that he's broken and that his pieces we receive so each one of us gets a piece and now we make up the Lord's body. We are the body of Christ. When it says many are weak, sick, and asleep among you, not discerning the Lord's body, Is not accepting, not recognizing, not rightly appropriating your brother and your sister who are the Lord's body. Oh, God. And so, watch this. I begin to find out that my situation worsens progressively as I refuse to fix whatever situations I'm having among my brothers. And sisters, look at the progression very carefully. First you're weak, then you're sick, then you're asleep. That's a progression. And God says, I see you as one. So when you come to me, it's our Father. Our Father. Oh, God. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Let me read one scripture and i close our promise. Amen? Can I just read one more scripture? God, have mercy in here. Ephesians 3.14. I'm going to have to read this fast. See if I can whet your appetite. I have to be strategic about landing this plane. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.14. You guys doing all right? We're getting ready to go. Watch this. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, next verse, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Ooh, that's powerful. I read that right away, and I realized that the whole family of God is not on earth only. But it is also in heaven. There are people who have died to be absent in the body, It's to be present before the Lord and have gone to glory and are still part of the body. I love that because that means that dying does not rob me from being part of the body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not only that, it also allows me to, to know that there are the unborn. The unborn, let me give it to you like the Bible says it. Before I formed thee in the belly, I already knew thee. I knew you before you had a body. There are those, hallelujah, who God knows. Watch this. Listen to what he told Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I already knew you, already separated you, already sanctified you to be a prophet among the nations. Those he foreknew, foreknew, I knew you from before. He did predestined. I determined your purpose before you came. That's why you don't decide it, you discover it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh God, so there are those that God knows will be his that ain't even born yet that also make up the family of God. Are you blessed in here? Show me show me verse I can't read the whole th- show me the next verse. I'm, I'm Hallelujah that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Next verse real quick. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. Watch this. With, with all saints. With all saints. We're all in this together. With all saints, what is the breadth? we sang it, and the length and the depth and the height. And to know, watch this, the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. You know what I learned from that text right there? That it's possible for me to know something I didn't learn. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Watch this, watch this. And to know the love of Christ, which, I'm going to hang it right here. Which passeth knowledge. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. I could know something I did not learn. Watch this. There are things I know in my spirit that I didn't need, watch this, someone to teach me. It it can't be taught. It has to be caught. (laughs) Let me put it to you another way. The Bible says, his spirit testifies to my spirit that I am a child of God. Oh, God, help me here. So how do I know I'm a child of God? His spirit told my spirit. Watch this. This is why when you got saved, how excited were you? When God flipped your whole world upside down. And in a day, you knew something crazy happened to your life. And in a day, you knew you were God's child. You didn't have all the answers, you didn't have all the scriptures, but somehow, some way, you knew, hallelujah, that God had adopted you into the beloved, hallelujah. You knew that because He quickened your spirit, and then His spirit testified to your spirit and said, You are mine, hallelujah. And I love it, hallelujah, because it allows me to know that because I know it in my spirit and I didn't need to learn it, hallelujah. Nobody can make me unlearn it. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you got more degrees than a thermometer. I don't care how much of a philosopher you are. You are never going to convince me out of Christ. Because I didn't just learn him. Oh, God, have mercy in here. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Come on, somebody give God a praise in here. Hallelujah. We got to go.